0: Welcome to another episode of Home Sweet Home. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Rod McCall. What's up, everybody? I'm Bryce Rungi. And today we're going to talk about something that I think kind of influences us all, and that is why we don't try. So I I, I saw a, uh, a sign at a friend's house a few weeks ago, and it said, what would we do if we could not fail? And it really got me thinking about why, why do I, why do I hold back? Why am I afraid to try something new, do something new? And I realized, you know, that's kind of been a part of my life almost from the very beginning. uh, Afraid to talk to people. Uh, When I was in middle school and high school, you know, I was afraid to talk to girls. Why? Yeah. Um, so I, and I think as I got older, you know, why didn't, you know, try this, try that. Um, I mean, I find that are we stuck in park so many times with our lives because we're afraid to try, right? I,
1: I guess I was different. Um, with growing up, I was pretty fearless. I think as a kid, you're fearless. Okay. Start to wake up and be like, "Oh, this I could get hurt doing this." Well, that didn't ever register (laughs) with me. So, being involved in the extreme sports, okay, I I was always willing to go the distance, like and just go for it, right? So, I wasn't afraid of much. Uh, You know, with dating, uh, there was a little bit of fear involved with that, but I wasn't really afraid of much. I was willing to just go for it, risk it um but you you asked that question what 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 would you do if you couldn't fail why 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 are people stuck in park and i've experienced that 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 state of paralyzation. yeah i'm i'm afraid to do this because my past will always remind me of something meaning what just it, those negative um disappointments if you will well i don't want to do this because I got hurt this way. I don't want to feel this again. Uh, okay. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to go that route because I already did something similar or whatever. Right. And it, it made me feeling really bad. So disappointments, right? I, okay. I feel, I feel reoccurring disappointments are what enable people to get sure. stuck in
0: park, you know, cause okay, I can see that. Cause You know, I think about our life and, you know, I'm pushing 52 and I think about, you know, dissatisfaction, Mm -hmm. you know, dissatisfaction with, with my life, with my job. Well, not so much with my job, but, you know, all the things that we could be dissatisfied with. Uh, My ex-wife was obviously dissatisfied with our relationship. It wasn't the way she intended or imagined it would be. Um... I didn't either for that matter, but I was stuck right? and I wasn't sure how to make it better. I wasn't sure how to, I wasn't sure I really wanted to go the divorce route. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, in talking with a lot of different people, they respond to being stuck in so many different ways and there's, you know, and it's kind of like, well, why are you stuck? How did you get there? Right. And, you know, I think... I think back to, and again, I love working with high school kids right. because I see a lot of their world and I remember a lot of what it was like to be, you know, a high school junior, a high school senior. Mm-hmm. And I think about what did I think my life would look like? And I ask them, what do you think your life will be like? Yeah. And I said, think about this. I said, in 10 years from now, I said, how old are you going to be? And most of them going to be 27, 28. Yeah. I said, within 10 years, almost every single one of you is going to be married. And I said, I bet you over half of you have a kid. Yeah. And they're going, oh, my gosh. No, <laughs> no. And I'm going, well, okay. Look at your parents. Yeah. When did your parents get married? Right. When did they first start having kids? At what age? Uh, you know, so thinking about, you know, the future when we're when we're high school, early college, whatever it might be, I sometimes wonder, the future is so vague. Right. Uh I, I mean, I, I worked with a guy at Walmart Pharmacy. He was the pharmacist when I was going to college, and he said. That at fifteen he knew exactly what he wanted to be, mm-hmm. and he took the classes in high school. He goes off to college, and then go you know becomes a pharmacist. And I'm going, holy crap! I mean, this guy starts working as a pharmacist in his you know, mid twenties, right? And here I was in my mid twenties, still trying to figure out what I wanted to do, right? And so I, you know, I think about. Now, looking backwards in time, how has my life changed? How has my life turned out from what I thought it would be when I was a high school senior?
1: Right. I I find it very interesting um, when I have a conversation with my, my students mm-hmm. about that very thing. Because, you know, like you, when I was... High school and then after I was like what am I going to do I have no idea Right Um, But I'll We'll we'll go through you know different questions Or lessons if you will and um, I remember a kid He had This all mapped out What his life was going to look like (laughs) And I you know there was some Chuckles and you know some kids decided To laugh at him and like that's stupid And I had to I had to pause them and, and Stop them from what they were What they were saying, and I'm thinking to myself, this kid's smart. You know, it's not going to go exactly as you plan, Mm -hmm. but he is living on the design side of life, Mm -hmm. whereas I could say I was on the default side. (laughs) Yeah. Okay? That's that's how I I used to live. Now, more so, it's on the design. I know I'm fully aware of that things aren't always going to work out according to my plans. Okay, I, mm-hmm. I I absolutely hundred percent know that, but I had to like applaud that kid and I affirmed him right then. I said that's called living by design. It's not going to work out exactly the details, mm-hmm. but man, I applaud you for that.
0: You know, I've said to kids in you know the classroom how much I am impressed by people that can do just that because that that was never me, right? Um, only in the last few years do I feel like I've taken control of my life. Right. I mean, I've gone back to college. I'm working on a master's degree. I'm going to be changing careers, uh, moving from a hundred percent teaching to getting into professional counseling. Uh, we're doing the podcast, crying out loud. I right. mean, you know, um, a couple of years ago, five years ago, somebody said, Hey, McCall, you want to do a podcast? I always said, what's a podcast? Right. Um, I had no idea. So, uh. but over the last few years, like I said, I feel like I've taken this question, and that's why it kind of a you know sang to me. I'm 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 trying things, right? Because if you live in fear, what you know, you wind up, as you said, letting living life by default, letting life dictate to you. And how does that affect your level of happiness? Right. And if you're not real happy with your life, how does that then affect? how you relate to other people, uh, whether at work, at home. Um, I mean, I just keep trying to, you know, think about why, for the longest part of my life, why was I afraid? What was I afraid of? And, you know, when you commented earlier about, well, I was afraid of, you know, been there, done that, don't want to do it again. Right. Right. Um, I will say that when I first started, you know, I got divorced and went through that living hell, I said, uh, be a cold day in hell before I get remarried. I ain't going through that again. Yeah. Um, look at us both. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of, I did take a few risks. You've taken some risks and it's been kind of, kind of, kind of nice, but you know, maybe that. Your, your statement of, well, I don't want to get burned again. Right. I mean, I, I think about, I always wanted. I keep saying try something new, try something new. Yeah. So when I go. Like go on a bike ride. Yeah, go on a bike ride. But, you know, let's stick to concrete. Um, <laughs> smart Alec. <laughs> um, but, you know, I keep thinking, okay, let's go out to dinner. All right. Last year I say, hey, you know, let's go try this restaurant. Right. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Well, what if I don't like it? Uh, or, you know, you go and you're, you're going, okay, we've gone to, you know, we've gone to this restaurant so many times. And this is our favorite place to go. And I always get the same damn thing. Yeah. Well, why don't you try something new? And I, I'm kind of, my, my only, my holdback back is, well, what if I try it and I don't like it? Right. Then I'm out both money and I'm still hungry. Right. <laughs> um. But, you know, I I... I find that too many times, you mentioned living life on default. I sometimes wonder if I have a default setting of stick with what you know. Right. I think that may be called autopilot, maybe. <laughs> well, maybe.
1: Uh, I don't know. You know, I had to, I heard this a long time ago, and which which I think helped propel me into, I just don't care. I'm going for it. It's not that I don't care. I wasn't mindful of certain things. I'm not going to, I don't care what fear is telling me I'm going for. it. I'm going to push past that. I think that's a mindset thing. Okay. And what I heard was, I don't remember who I heard it from, but it was, and I had it taped on my computer when I was at the, when I was at the high school, when we first met. Okay. It was on, stop worrying about what could possibly go wrong and start being optimistic about everything that could go right. Hmm. Okay. And so I started applying that, like, because if I, if I were to the, to adhere to the former of that, right. Worry about the things that are going to go wrong. I'm never going to do anything. I'm not going to get out of this hole, if you will. Okay. Um, and then I'm not going to be able to achieve or reach my, my dreams or my goals. Um, I'm going to start believing in those things. I'm going to start seeing myself and the things that I want to be doing in the future, um, but yeah, I would go back to the remarrying and all that. Like I wasn't like, no way. Are you kidding me? And mm-hmm. now it's like, are you going to have kids? No, I'm not. No, I'm done. Like, You know, Braddock's <laughs> is it. Well, I think, you know, the story. Yes. yes. Um,
0: but it again, came. it was
1: just something like, you know what? I, I I'm going to go for it.
0: You know, that kind of reminds me there is a storage facility by the house and they always got these really unique sayings. And, not too long ago, it said there was a saying that says you will fail a hundred percent of the time of the things you never try. Right, and that that, that kind of that's why that statement, along with what could you do if you could not fail? Right, and again, I you know one of the nice things for me over these last I don't know. 10 years since the divorce kind of came to a screeching halt. I've been more open to trying new things um, because I was so afraid. Right. I was afraid to talk to girls. I was afraid to um, explore new opportunities uh, to try because, well, what if I fail? Right. And I was more afraid of of failing than I was of trying. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I I wish I had had a statement like what you had on the computer that says, focus on what could be, not what could not be. Right. Because, you know, I think that really hurt me as, you know, as I was much younger. And I see that in a lot of, you know, a lot of the kids that I teach is, you know, they're afraid to try. Well, they're going to stick with what they know and they're very reluctant or hesitant to try something new. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I've gotten to the point where, you know what, I'm willing to try new traditions. Right. Um, here a few years ago, my sisters and I all decided that Thanksgiving would be held at mom and dad's. Yeah. And we would go out to their farm, and that would be the one holiday that we would all spend with uh with the folks. And that's been a new family tradition that we have worked really hard to maintain. Um, And I'm glad we do because that is a neat family tradition uh, that we have. We have a big bonfire, and uh, you know, uh, Friday after Thanksgiving, and it's just a lot of enjoyment. Right. So it, it fits back to well, try something new and see what happens. Um, overcoming that fear might bring more happiness into sure. into your life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the whole
1: the whole fear thing and the whole all the negativity I, that could just grow and grow and grow. I said this a long time ago. I think I wrote something and you. It was. it might have been in one of my wake up calls and you. It was. I think it was. What are you full of? And you, you responded uh, obviously in some sort of form of rodism, <laughs> um, but I, I have learned that whatever you pay attention to um, tends to grow the most. Okay, like like on the inside, right? mm mm-hmm. Um. So with that, like what what motivated me is what was growing on the inside, and it wasn't the all the negativity stuff, right? It was uh, this is this is what I'm going
0: to go for. Does that make sense? So, if I hear you right, you're saying that if fear and anxiety and despair is what's inside of us, then that's what will grow the most because we focus on that because the most. Of, that's our center of attention, that's our focus. You know, there was a movie um, I forget the name of the movie, but they were talking about the the white wolf and the dark wolf, right? And they were talking about what are you going to feed more? You're going to feed the white or the light wolf, or you're going to feed the dark wolf, right? Meaning, again, your emotions. And that sounds something similar right. to what you're saying. That yeah, yeah, yeah. if we focus on the negatives, then the negatives are what are going to right. be present in our thoughts, in our words, and in our actions. Right. Am, am I wrong on that? Or no, that-
1: no. And I think the story was with an, um, an, Indian, an Indian chief and his grandson or something like that. Hey, there's two wolves and they're fighting. One's good, one's bad. Who's going to win? And the chief says, the one that you feed more.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. All I'm right. not a, as good a storyteller as I should be. Oh, well, that's all
1: right. I'll fill in those <laughs> gaps for you. But again... What you feed the most will grow, right? Or mm-hmm. the, what you feed the most in this story is going to win. Um, but again, I had to i had to design that, if you will. I didn't want to live on the default side anymore. I wanted to live on the design side. Um, and this is where I want to grow. So
0: you started taking risks again.
1: So I started taking risks again. That was where my whole... Uh, the master's degree in educational leadership came in um, or back up to that was, you know, finishing my degree. Okay. Right. Which took a lot or um, just even sometimes traveling by myself or just, you know, is weird as that may sound, but I don't know, go in different places by yourself. I'm going to go see, I'm going to go see the world. I'm mm-hmm. not going to be held back anymore. I'm not going to be stuck in park because I see, I've seen what it does. Um, I, I've been there and I've, I've, I'm have trying to come out of this like you work so hard and you, you start to level out. I think you level out in, in your relationships, your marriages, and then that's where you start to see issues because you've leveled out. You think everything's okay. Well, we're just going to settle. We're going to settle right here. And that's, in my opinion, I don't think that's okay. Is it is because
0: it, settling is easy? Settling is way easy. You know... I've shared with my students many times that which is easy isn't always right. Right. And that which is right isn't, isn't always easy. That's right. <laughs> and it's, you know, I have to remind myself because I'm really good. You're right. I got rodisms at out the wazoo. Oh, yeah. But when I actually start applying sure. those very same beliefs to my own life, I find that life is happier As a consequence, my relationships with friends and family, um, you know, getting remarried again, um, you know, it's, it is tough and it, because I think sometimes I go back to that default setting of let's just sit, let's, um, stay put, let's keep the, well, let's not rock the boat so much. Right. Um, but. Sometimes when I've rocked the boat, whether it's my personal boat, my professional boat, I found that actually um, some positive things have happened. Right. And, you know, no risk, no reward. And so I guess, like, I guess for me it has been a journey. Right. And it has been those failed opportunities that have kind of propelled me to try learning new things. Right. I mean I mean, again, I take a look at me twelve years ago pre divorce. And I look at me today now ten years post divorce. Right. And I am doing I, I have done things that I would have never thought I would have done. Right. Uh, I mean, I'd always talked about going back to college, getting my master's degree, Um, and I toyed around with different things, Um, you know, getting one in political science um, or something else, uh, maybe education, leadership, something like that, Um, but here, two years ago, I took the plunge and I started working on my master's in professional counseling. Yeah. And it has changed a lot, right. um, you know, about who, how I kind of see things. Right. So, yeah
1: i i um, I distinctly remember going to um to church in the evening. Were you there? I can't remember I don't, with Les Brown. Uh no, I was not. Okay. Um, I, I love listening to Les Brown, he was one of the number one motivational speakers and his story is extremely impactful. But, um, I remember him saying something, um, that I felt like he was pointing his finger right at me. I think a lot of people do when they're sitting in, <laughs> in the audience or the pastor or the speakers, you know, mm-hmm. talking or whatever. Oh my gosh, how did he know that was exactly me? But he had mentioned some, a couple of things. One was that, you know, there's someone in here that should be on this stage speaking. And that night, his words, that's what empowered me to like, I need, I need to do, uh, that's what I want to be doing. So that I think was one of the driving forces behind me or propelling me to go and do that more. And so I'm continuing to do that and I'm growing in that arena. Um, but something, uh, more impactful was about, you know, he brought up the graveyards being the richest places in the world. I'm like, and he paused you know, get people to think about like what do what are you talking about? Yeah, what are you talking about? And I've and I've mentioned this in my classroom too. A lot of kids, you know, the graveyard's the richest place in the in the world. What what are you talking about? Well, if you think about it, there's a lot of people that have been buried, not not with their money or material things, right, mm-hmm. but with dreams. unachieved dreams or unwritten books or um, businesses that never got started or marriages or relationships that never took root um, because people were stuck in park.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: And I know it it might not make sense to a lot of people, but if you could sit back and be like, well, money, money isn't, we've we've talked about this before, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Money. It's Im- it's important, but it's not the most important
0: thing. Money is not money; can't buy happiness, right? As the Beatles said, "Can't buy me love," right? Um, it does make life a little easier in some cases, but take a look at the filthy rich. Um, you know, Bill Gates didn't keep him from getting divorced. Jeff right. Bezos didn't keep him from getting divorced, right? Um,
1: so, like, we could talk about that over. And I hear this all the time. We I went to a dinner with Suzanne. Uh, a little over a year ago. Well, probably a little over, more over a year ago because of COVID and all that. Right. hmm And <laughs> so she's in corporate America and she works for a software company. And, um, we're at dinner and this guy retired. And it's like, I hear this all the time. You know, I made a ton of money. I'm sitting there. Yeah. I'm sitting next to a millionaire right now. And it, it's like the same words. I, I wish I would have done more of this and not chase mm-hmm. all this money. I'm like, we hear this all the time, yet it's 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 a repeat. It's a repeat, and I get it. I mean, I, I mean, I get it. But but the point to that whole the whole graveyard thing was what I said like, there's so many people who put their dreams up on a shelf and they've just collected dust, collected dust, or whatever, okay. and, and it never comes to fruition because of that fear of failing or that that bitterness or that. Negativity or anger that has restrained them from achieving, right? Or the past. Um, so I don't know. I use that quite a bit. Maybe I need to change the story up. I don't know. To me, that is that's imp- that's powerful because because here's the deal. I've started, and my book is going to be done. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to go to the graveyard with with an unwritten book. That was a goal that I had. I didn't want anything to come in my way. Mm -hmm. To prevent me from doing that or, you know,
0: whatever. No, no. And you're, you're, it's, yes, you're saying some of the same things. Um, I have started living for the moment instead of living for the dollar. Right. And in trying something new, after I went through my divorce, a lot of people said, well, you know, Rod, you need to write a book. Rod, you need to write a book. And I'm going, write a book. What the heck do I know about writing a book? Right. And for the longest time, I just sat on that idea. And then it came to me, why not? Right. Why not try? And so I threw a few series of phone calls and connections. Um, I did. And I started writing what became For the Love of Eric. And it was published, oh, my, five years ago, six years ago already. Mm-hmm. And in that time, I have been lucky enough to travel to a multitude of cities, uh, present at various conferences as a result of writing that book, but more importantly people reading it and saying how impactful my sharing my experiences with divorce with them, how it you know impacted them, made a huge improvement to their lives. And I I mean, I'm still selling, uh, several books a month. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not doing anything really to promote it or push it, but it is, you know, kind of like you, you know, in your book, which will be published here soon. Um, you know, the idea of we've got experiences that we have lived through. Mm -hmm. And the more I talk to different individuals, the more I realize. What I have gone through is actually more common than I wish, yeah. and it's, it's kind of nice being able to, you know, people can relate. There, you know, so many, oh, I'm going to write a book one day. I'm going to write a book one day. It's actually a more complicated process than right. <laughs> than I think um, some folks thought, but, you know, that is something that I tried, Right, and it was a success. And it has been a way for many doors to open that I would have never thought possible. And again, it was because I took a small risk. Right. I, I got out of park and I tried something new. Right. So based on my experiences, I'm really excited for you and your book and what, you know, doors or opportunities uh, that will present itself as a right. consequence. Yeah.
1: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, hopefully millions. <laughs> um, yeah. I. When I started writing, at first I had that inner critic, that inner voice trying to get me not to write. Because mm-hmm. I knew that it would, or I believed it would encourage and help people. And so... That was four years ago when I was, and I had been doing the wake up call ever since. Yeah. And so, but I was like, you know what? Screw it. So, so what if someone doesn't like it or if some, so, so what if someone says unsubscribe? Uh huh. Right. Yeah. I know that someone, at least one person is going to benefit from the message. And that's why I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it. And now, like you've said, you know, it's a collection and my of my experiences mm-hmm. that has turned into um, what I hope well turned into a book what I hope hope will reach well, many,
0: many, many lives. It's like, why do we teach? And we can focus on Sometimes I ask myself that question. Well <laughs> no, <laughs> no, yeah. uh, Me too, especially over the last uh, couple of years. But it's it's kind of we don't we focus on the ones that we can help. Right. And I guess I'm getting off on a tangent here. I apologize. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of, we're, we're trying something new and to, to reach a different, you know, reach the audience, reach mm-hmm. the students, uh, whatever it might be. Um, because you know, and in, in our field of education, you look around, or I do anyway, I look at my coworkers and I'm going, okay, who are the good teachers that I would like to emulate? And who are the teachers that I don't want to emulate? Right. And it's those that are constantly coming up with newer, interesting ways to teach the material so that the kids can go, oh, you know, I this is really actually pretty interesting. Right. Because I want them to like, as much as I like whatever it is we're talking about, or at least some, you know, get closer to what I like. Because right. I guess you ain't going to find too many uh, political science nerds like me in high school. But it's we're experimenting, trying, right? Because um, you know, I keep saying if I ever get to the point where I'm at Park in my teaching, mm-hmm. I need to change my career, right? And it's. Trying something new. Yeah. Don't be afraid to try. And in fact, I think the next new thing I'm going to try and learn how to build a website. There you go, dude. So stay tuned.
1: Oh, yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll put the information out there when he gets it done. We're going to hold him accountable to that. You know, you you said that a little bit ago, why I started this or why or so, which got me on this topic. Um, that's the key ingredient, the why. And I think people level level out or settle, and then see a decline. just because they forgot why. Like okay. I'll, I'll, when I went to Hawaii to play football, yeah, uh, before the plane, before I even left to go on my island adventure, I forgot why. I think that really played into the fact that I didn't make the NFL. I okay. Forgot, I forgot why. I forgot why I started working out. Forgot why, you know, it was my goal to to go to deep Division One and then to the NFL. I completely forgot why, and I know I joked about like I don't know why am I teaching or why did I get. I think a lot of people get there real easily because they forget why, and I think the why is that in key ingredient.
0: The um, why is the drive. The why is the drive.
1: We receive more of in life of what we don't want because we forget or never figure out
0: why in the first place. I don't know. You know, actually that's not that's not bad. Um because I whether whether it's at our job, in our marriage, in our relationships with others, if we forget why we're together, why we're married, um, why are we doing this job? Yeah. Then, then I think, yeah, that could easily be a breeding ground for anger, hostility, frustration, despair. And, you know, in our jobs, it makes us be, you know, those energy vampires, mm-hmm. those dark clouds oh, that nobody yeah. wants to be around because all we do is, you know, moan, groan, gripe, bitch, and complain. Right. Uh, in a relationship, uh, we might start looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> um So, no, I think that's, I think that I'm glad you said that because I never really considered the why.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily just, uh, it's not all uh, just about like your, your career. You know, like Mm -hmm. you said, it it applies, it applies. Why, why did you get married? Yeah. Why do you have kids? Why do you have kids? Or why, why did you start that business?
0: Uh Or why
1: are you a teacher? Or why are you you a plumber? Or why? Uh Uh-huh. Right? I, I think that's...
0: No, and I'm glad you when, said that. If people
1: can answer that, it'll, it'll bring them back um, to that place of growth, that place of design. Okay. Right? It'll help them. I've leveled out, but now I'm going to start climbing again.
0: And if you can remember that if you can't fail, why not try it? Right. And so, are you saying then that it's never too late? It's never too late. Never too late to be happy. Never too late to try something that can bring happiness to your life. It's never too late. Fulfillment to your life. Never too late. Well, you know, one of the things that I have discovered, you know, is that when you do things, uh, if you're negative, negativity spreads. Yes. But I've also noticed that when you are positive and happy, that also spreads. Because I think about, you know, they're at work, they're at school. The people that I like to hang around with the most are the ones that are positive, the ones that are happy, the ones that always got a funny story or a good joke to tell. And I'm going, I want to be around you right. because you make me happy. You you help me remember my why versus you don't bring me down. You don't make me angry. right um, So I try... And with various levels of success, <laughs> but I, I want to try and be that happy person. Right. And so, you know, so I'm glad you said the why, because that might help me when I'm feeling frustrated or uh, angry because, you know, in teaching, there can be quite a few opportunities Oh yeah, uh, to challenge my why, <laughs> you know, I can turn that why into a positive, you know, and, Allow me to keep trying new things. Right. Um, because I think that that is, for me, I like to be happy. Right. And, you know, that's that's why when you came to me with the idea of this podcast, it was going kind of like, yeah, sure. That sounds like fun. Yeah. I think it would be a way for us to do stuff like this, share with other people, you know, how how we got out of park. Right. And maybe, you know, live something of a, Happier life, right? I think for me, it has
1: really uh, through through my writing, uh, through my through my marriage with with Suzanne, and um, just the crucibles that I've, I've experienced in life have helped me get out of park. I I had to finally get to a place where to say, Hey, Bryce, the past it, it, you don't live there anymore. No, it, it's where it belongs. Now you could use those for building blocks, for a better future. But,
0: dude, you don't live there anymore. Your past doesn't define you. It right. shapes you. Yeah. I, so. I, I can go with that. Um, because, yeah, I think that if you live in the past, you can't see what you have in front of you. Well, I mean, it's you're living life in the rear
1: view. Re- rear view. <laughs> So which kind of ties into the theme of being stuck in park, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Uh, you know, going back to something that I've had to work with when I've talked about like, oh, well, I don't want to try this because I'm afraid to feel this way. Or I'm afraid of the I'm af- mm-hmm. I don't want to be hurt again or whatever. And I had to get to the point, And I heard this from a good friend of mine. Um, no, it wasn't you. Uh, I do have more than one friend, by the way. Well, good. I am proud of you. <laughs> he said uh, I, he couldn't remember who quoted it, and I can't either. Uh, maybe one of our listeners could help us. It was uh, only a fool trips on what's behind him.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: And I'm like, it was like, wha- bam, bam, slap both sides of my cheeks. Right? And I'm like, I I don't have to. Um, man, that was so powerful. Thank you for that. And then we talked a little bit and then we hung up. Man, have I been
0: tripping over the past? You know, I it think has it's prevented so me
1: from trying.
0: Yeah. Well, it's easy to do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it can be that anchor to hold us down. Mm-hmm. And if we have the courage to try to cut that anchor, I think we can. Make it so that we can have more happiness in our life. And I think a happier life makes us a happier person to be around. We enjoy being around ourselves. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So, ladies and gentlemen, with that, we're going to wrap up today's episode. We hope that um, you, you grabbed a hold of some of the insight we were trying to, to provide today and apply it to your life. And um, so that will help you to just just go for it.
0: Thanks very much. Appreciate it. We'll see you guys next time. Take care.